You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning again, everyone. Uh, it seems to be that time of the year. It's almost like little flock. The little flock has gathered because so many people are busy or working over so much other stuff going on. So we're going to press on and go into God's word this morning. And may God bless our attendance this morning. And may he speak to our hearts and minds and souls in Jesus' name. And would anyone say? Amen. Good morning to Cafe Church as well. Good to have you with us, guys. Hope you've had a good morning of worship this morning. Everyone has expectations. Everybody here in this room has expectations. When you came to church this morning, you had an expectation. You have a certain expectation. It might be a good expectation. It might be a bad expectation. But we all live our lives full of expectations. We all live into the future because of expectations. And you know, we may have expectations of others. Maybe husbands have expectations of their wives. Maybe wives have expectations of their husbands. Would any of the sisters say amen? Amen. And husbands maybe have expectations of their wives. Would any of the brothers be bold enough to say amen? Amen. You know, you expect your pipe and slippers when you come home from work. Like, I mean, a man's done a hard day's work. I'm saying that because my wife is not here because I'd be shot if I said it. But we have expectations of our lives. We have expectations of our work. If you're a parent like me, you have expectations of your children. Good luck with that. Anyway, we all have expectations and I want to look this morning at the idea of expectations and I want to look at Christmas in the light of expectations. I want to look at the unexpected Christmas because I think if you read the scriptures and you look at the story of the coming of Jesus and I'm going to be looking in Luke's gospel chapter one. If you look at the story of Jesus, the whole story is shot through with the unexpected It's not what people were expecting that caught their attention. It was the unexpected that caught their attention. And what I want to say to you this morning, more than anything else, is that it's very often the unexpected that changes our lives and affects the way we live more than the things that we expect. Very often, it's the unexpected events and the unexpected things that happen in our lives that change us most profoundly. I want to look at the story as it's recorded in Luke's gospel. I'm going to just dip in and make references to Matthew's gospel as well because it's only Matthew and Luke that contain the story of the birth of Jesus. But I want to look first of all at the tales of the unexpected. And that is the people who are in the story, none of whom would have been the people that you would expect to be in the story, and all of whom had different expectations. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about Mary, and I was talking about Elizabeth and Zechariah and their experiences, and how what happened to them seemed so out of time and out of keeping with what they had hoped and planned for their lives. But looking very briefly at some of their expectations, the whole story, in actual fact, I'll go one further. The entire Bible, from cover to cover, from Genesis right through to Revelation, is full of people who were the unexpected people who encountered God moving in an unexpected way and did unexpected things. That's the whole story of the Bible, right from cover to cover. If you look at the tales of the unexpected, for instance, that come from uh, the Gospel of Luke, 
What's the story with Elizabeth and Zechariah? What were they expecting? Well, for Elizabeth, she was an old woman, had longed to have children, but was now unable to have children. And though she had prayed and longed to have them, it never happened for her. For Elizabeth, I think she was expecting to live out her days, perhaps in resigned disappointment, that the one prayer of her life, the most important thing in her life, was not answered. What about Zechariah? Zechariah, we're told, was an old man. And he had waited all of his life to take his one turn, because you got one in your lifetime, to go into the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctuary of the temple, and offer incense before God. It was his one turn. He was part of a group called a family, the family of Abijah. They were Levitical priests. And he was expecting to go in and do his one turn as an old man in the temple, and perhaps then to retire into obscurity, Perhaps, maybe not a very good retirement because they had no children to support them, which was the way that elderly people were supported in New Testament times. That's perhaps what they were expecting. What about Mary? What was Mary expecting? Well, Mary was expecting to get married, okay? That's what Mary was expecting. She was expecting to get married to Joseph, the good-looking, rugged carpenter from down the road in the village of Nazareth. And he was a bit of a muscly guy, and oh, she was really looking forward to being married to him, and perhaps looking forward to having a family and living a relatively quiet and possibly obscure life. I'll tell you what Mary wasn't expecting. She wasn't expecting to be expecting, I can tell you that. That's for sure. What about Joseph? Joseph was also expecting to get married. And he was probably expecting to get married and begin to build a respectable family life. It says that he was a righteous man. He was a decent man. He was a kind man. Maybe he just wanted to build a business for himself, work as a carpenter, maybe even as a day laborer, and just work out his days and build a family and and be an upright and righteous, outstanding man. He wasn't expecting to find himself in the role of the stepfather to the son of God himself. What about the Israelites? What were they expecting? The Israelites were expecting a Messiah. They knew that the prophecy of Daniel from the Old Testament had fulfilled its time. They knew the 490 years of the prophecies of Daniel in the Old Testament had come to their completion. And they were expecting a Messiah. Because the Messiah was going to come and rescue them and deliver them from their enemies. But the Messiah they were expecting was going to be like a heavenly general. Like a heavenly emperor who was going to come and wage war on their enemies. They certainly weren't expecting the birth of an obscure young fella in a farm or in a stable somewhere in the middle of nowhere. What about the wise men? The wise men who traveled from the east, having seen the star in the east, the Bible calls them magi. These are people who watched the stars. They looked at the stars looking for great events to occur in the stars. And they saw something in the stars that made them come to Jerusalem. And when they came to Jerusalem, they saw Herod and they said, we've come to see this one who was born the king of the Jews. We saw his star in the east when it ascended and we have followed the star to come here. Where is this king what king are you talking about now there was no birth in Herod's household at that time there was no king and what about the shepherds what were they expecting well it's the shepherds I want to look at most closely today but I'll tell you what they were expecting you know the old Christmas song that goes silent night holy night yeah, you know the one? Silent night, holy night. You know the one? We've got a fabulous version of our Christmas carol, Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. If you can say it in German, say it in German, boy. The shepherds were expecting a quiet night. 
And when I say quiet now, I do not mean a quiet night like we have, where we prop the feet in front of the telly or in front of the fire and have a relaxing evening. I just have a quiet night at home. No, they were having an actual quiet night. See, for the shepherds, life was always quiet. And we're going to look at their story. They're up on a hillside. We'll get to it in a second. Remember, there's no street lights. There's no radio. There's no sounds other than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe dangerously in the distance. That's a wolf, by the way, in case you don't know what that is. Maybe they're the sounds that they heard at night. They heard sounds of bleating. And if you were one of these shepherds, what would you expect? Well, you'd probably expect a quiet night like the previous 364 nights. Or maybe some of these shepherds, and they probably were, were lifelong shepherds. Who'd been shepherds since they were little boys. Maybe they were shepherds for 40 years. In that event, they were probably expecting another night like the 14,600 nights they'd already experienced. But boy, were they in for a surprise. What does the scripture records? That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. An ordinary day's work, or in this case, an ordinary night's work. You know sometimes when you go to do your ordinary day's work or your ordinary day's study, you go to do something just normal every day, sometimes God breaks into our ordinary with the extraordinary. Have we got ears to hear? Have we got the discernment to sense God on the move? They were minding their flocks when something really strange happened. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They had never seen a street light like you. They'd never seen a lamp All they'd ever seen was an oil lamp or a torch. And I don't mean a battery torch, I mean just a flaming torch. They'd never seen anything like that. And suddenly, out of this silence and out of this darkness, an angel appears and God's glory surrounds them. Ah! Can you imagine the fright that you would get? Can you imagine that up to that point, the only smell that you got on the hillside was the smell of sheep and suddenly there was a couple of new smells because the fright you got? Can you imagine the fright that these people got sitting here on this hillside? You're in the middle of nowhere. It's a quiet night and the silence is broken. And it goes on to say this. They were terrified. So would you be. I've been up on these hills for 40 years. For 14,600 nights, nothing has happened. And then suddenly this glory appears and they are terrified. But the angel reassured them don't be afraid he said and you know he said don't be afraid to Zechariah the angel said don't be afraid to Mary he said don't be afraid to Joseph and now he's saying don't be afraid to the shepherds something unexpected was happening and very often we can have a fear of the unexpected I mean I don't like the unexpected I like when things work out the way that I plan them I love things to happen exactly in the boring methodical way that I plan them I don't want surprises no you're grand I don't want any frights or unexpected things I like things to work out because the unexpected Expected can often be awful. You know that one when you wake up in the middle of the night and your phone is ringing and you don't know the phone number, you know one of those? 
Or you, re- you pick up the phone and the phone says, Cork University Hospital in the middle of the night. And you go, uh-oh, what is this? I don't like those unexpected events. And he goes on to say, don't be afraid. We can't be afraid of the unexpected. Will anyone say amen? God makes his people secure. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior. Yes. The Messiah. The who? The Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Or as my son Fionn said when he read this story first when he was a kid, lying in a manager. <laughs> you will find him lying in a manger. This will be the sign. The, 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 the an, angel, an angel announces this. is the Messiah. Now they were Israelites. They knew that the Messiah was coming. So this is, what? Seriously? The Messiah himself is coming? And then it goes on. And all heaven breaks loose. Hallelujah. It says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with God, with whom God is pleased. Glory to God. We sang it a while ago. We'll sing it at the end as well, okay? Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God. In the highest. I don't think the angels sang in Latin, just for the record. If the shepherds understood it, they were singing in Aramaic at the very best, okay? Anyway, they sang glory. So you're standing, okay? You're, look, you're a shepherd. Anybody here actually a shepherd? No, good. Anyway, so you're, you're a shepherd. You're up on the hillside. Quiet night as usual, probably. A bit cold, maybe a fire, having a chat, listening to the stories coming out of Daniel. And, and Ezra's telling another boring story. And Joshua starts kicking off again. When I was a child, it was, ah, uh, yeah, whatever. And then suddenly, boom, your experience is completely transformed and an angel appears and the glory of God shines around you and you're absolutely punch drunk and suddenly the whole sky fills with the hosts of heaven singing and you can hear them singing Ah! do you think you'd pay attention to that experience or would you go ah that was very interesting I wonder what's on Netflix no I think you'd pay attention to that experience When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They responded. They reacted. They did. They responded in the correct way. They did. They they went to see what it was that the angel was talking about. That's very interesting. All right. I wonder what the score in the match is. No, they moved. They actually acted on what God told them. I love this. It says, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Now, Pardon me for a second, right? I'm a shepherd. I'm up on the hillside. Angel of the Lord appears. Glory of God shines around me. And he tells me, the Messiah has been born. Hallelujah. And then angels appear everywhere. And they say, this is unbelievable. Let's go and check out. Let's see what it is that they're talking about. And so they go down to Bethlehem. And they find the child. And they walk in and they go, oh, I thought he'd be more shiny or something. And you know the old song that says, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes? Nah. Nah. 
I'm not saying that he was crying like that for the record. But this idea that this little Lord Jesus was some kind of special glowy baby that always slept and never cried and never, you know, filled his nappy. Come on. That's just, it's nuts. But you know, can you imagine what their expectations were? When they heard the news from the angels, when they heard the news of that Jesus the Messiah had been born, can you imagine what it was that they were going down to see? And when they went down to see it, it was just ordinary Mary who looked exhausted after labor and ordinary Joseph who looked stunned having observed the labor and then the little baby inside in the manger and they're going, that, that, that's the Messiah. Well, he just looks like a normal baby to me. Exactly. He was fully human. Anybody here ever seen a newborn baby or there, thereabouts? Get your lava hoos if you have. Some of you haven't. I'll be praying for you, lads. Every last one of you has seen a newborn baby to some degree. That's what they saw. That's what they saw. A normal human baby. No great glory, no great shiny, nothing. And yet there was something extraordinary about these events that changed their lives. They went off. After seeing, seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. Everyone. They walked up the street, met the incumbent. The angels appeared and we went to see the baby. The baby. And they met, the next person they met up the road, I don't know who they met. Maybe they met even a couple of Roman soldiers hanging around in Bethlehem. Said, you, you wouldn't believe it, there's, an, there's a, an angel appeared and he told us. And everybody went, oh, all right, yeah, thanks for sharing that there. She's shepherds like. Which we all know about shepherds like. But it goes on to say this. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds showed up as corroboration, as it were, to what the Lord had told Mary would be special about this child. And when Mary heard the extra stories about the appearance of angels and the appearance of, of, um, of, of, the, of the angel of the Lord and the glory of the God appearing on what they said, it must have corroborated what she in her own life had experienced when the angel had appeared and spoke to her. But one of the most interesting things to me about the story is this. You would imagine that having this incredible experience, they would then be booked in to do a world speaking tour to tell everyone everybody about what had happened to them. You see, when we have extraordinary experiences, we expect our lives to be incredibly transformed afterwards, but not a bit of it. That's not what happened. I love it finishes off like this. It says the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. What did they have to do? Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work we go. They just went back to work. They just went back to work. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, if like me, you've an encounter with the presence of God, or you've heard the voice of God in a profound way, or you maybe you've been amongst God's people and really experienced the touch from the Lord, you still have to go to work. You still have to go on with your life because it's in that life that you get to tell people about the things that have happened to you. It's not off to the monastery. You go, it's back into your life and you tell people about what has happened to you. But a lot of people say, oh, well, do you know, I could never really share the gospel. No, but you can tell people what happened to you. 
You can tell people about the experience that you had. You can tell people about the voice that you heard. You can tell people about how the revelation of who Jesus is came to you. You can give thanks to God for what you've seen and heard. And that is as much sharing the gospel as anything else. There is no great five-point plan that will lead people to Christ. All there is is your story of what God has done in your life. And I want to come to this. This is really important. Why would the Lord speak to shepherds? You go, sure, like, nothing like shepherds. Like, you have to understand what shepherds were like. Shepherds were rough, uncouth people. They were considered to be dishonest. They were known as thieves. Some of them nicknamed them the pirates of the wasteland. They were almost invariably illiterate. They had basic numeracy skills. They could count so that they could count sheep, which I'm sure became very helpful on a sleepful night. Anyway, they could count their sheep, but they were considered dishonest. They were considered physically dirty. They were also spiritually unclean. They weren't able to go to the temple because of the work that they did. Their their job was not glorious. The looking after of sheep and the picking of ticks from the backs of sheep just wasn't pleasant. And worst of all, that if you brought a shepherd in to give testimony for you in a court, they would not listen to a shepherd. Their testimony was not considered valid. Now, if it was me who was planning to introduce the Messiah into the world, I would have gotten some pretty big wigs involved in the deal. I would have sent the angels to visit Caesar, maybe up in Rome. I would have sent maybe angels to visit Herod, or maybe one of the other local tetrach kings that were around the place. Maybe I would have spoken to the influential and the powerful and told them all about it, but that is not what God did. This story of the unexpected Christmas came to unexpected people. Unexpected people like us. Like us. Because God loves to use the unexpected. And God loves to do the unexpected. You see, in your life, We're going into a busy Christmas period. You're going to meet people and you're going to be doing things and you're going to be busy or maybe you're not going to be busy. Maybe your feet are going to be up for the rest of the year. Whatever's going on for you. You are unquestionably going to encounter the unexpected over these next 14 days between now and the end of the year. You're going to encounter the unexpected. The question is, will you be ready? Will you respond or will you react? Because if you know If you know what's coming, you can be ready. You may not know exactly what's coming, but you can know that something is coming. You see, God uses unexpected people. You're going to find yourself in unexpected situations, maybe speaking to unexpected people. And you yourself are one of the people who have been called to tell the good news about Jesus Christ. There is no private, it's only just me and Jesus, I've got a private faith. The thing about the gospel is this, it is always personal, but never private. Always personal, but never private. And God uses unusual people. I love when Paul calls 
or writes to the Corinthians. He writes to the early church in Corinth. And he writes in the first chapter of the first letter. And he asks these questions and makes these points. He says, few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Elizabeth and Zechariah weren't wealthy or influential. Mary and Joseph weren't wealthy or influential. The shepherds weren't wealthy or influential and yet God called them. You're the same. Few of you, there are some who are wise. If you want to come up to me afterwards and say, actually, I think I'm one of the wise people, we'll be laying hands on you. Instead, God chose the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. He goes on to say, God chose the things despised by the world, the things that are counted as nothing at all, like these shepherds, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. That's what he does. He takes the things that are weak and puts his strength into them. He takes things that are uninfluential and he puts his influence upon them. He takes the things that are considered foolish and uses the wisdom of the ages to show them to be the wise ones when it's all settled up in the shake-up at the end. Unexpected. You are unexpected members of the kingdom of God this morning. I am an unexpected member of the kingdom of God, an unexpected citizen. When I was going about my business as an 18-year-old, doing my thing in disco dances and drinking pints and smoking fags and hanging around with women, I wasn't expecting to walk into a room full of Christians and to encounter the very presence of God itself. I wasn't expecting to become what I afterwards became known as a Holy Joe. I've never been a Holy Joe, not even a Holy Michael in truth. But anyway, I was never, I never expected that. I was an unexpected person. I'd say if you went through the list of the people that I hung around and said, which one of these guys would someday end up becoming a Christian and would live a devout Christian life? Well, not him anyway, that's for sure. I was unexpected. God's visit to my life was unexpected. I would say it was probably unexpected to most of the lives here in this room. Because when it comes to what God does, here's a good piece of advice. Expect the unexpected. That's what you should do. Expect the unexpected. Don't be afraid of it. See God's opportunity in it. What what, what, what is it that we should expect just like these people experience? Maybe it's the unexpected encounters over this Christmas period of time. Maybe you're going to have some unexpected encounters. Maybe it will be with people that you haven't seen for years. Maybe it's people you saw yesterday, but suddenly their attitude has changed and either they have become very positive towards you or maybe even very negative towards you. I don't know, but it'll be an unexpected encounter. Maybe it'll be an unexpected encounter with the angels of heaven themselves. Maybe an unexpected encounter with the presence of God. Will you have the discernment? Will you have the faith to respond to that? What about unexpected events? They happen to all of our lives. Things can happen in our lives that are unexpected. Some things are unexpected, yay! And some things are unexpected, oh no. How will we respond to the unexpected events? These guys responded by hearing what God was saying and reacting to it and following on the words of the angel. And what about the unexpected blessings? Does anybody here 
want an unexpected blessing. You can put your hand up. I want an unexpected blessing. I get lots of unexpected testings, so I'll take the unexpected blessings. Would anyone say amen? Amen. We'll take them this year. Because you know what? God loves to do surprising and unexpected things. Can we leave here today? Can we leave church today with an expectancy that God is going to do something unexpected in our lives this year? Would you want to go out the door with that? Will you stand with me? Maybe the band will come up. I want to finish up with this last scripture as we finish. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said to the children of Israel. He said this, I'm about to do something new. He goes on to say, see, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? Do you have the discernment to see this event is a godsend? This thing that's happening to me has been sent by God. This unexpected turn of encounter, of event, of blessing is God's hand upon my life. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland, says the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me? I want to pray this morning. Say, Lord, would you give me the faith to respond to the unexpected in my life this coming season? If that's your prayer, will you raise your hand? I'm not going to call you up. We're just going to pray where we are this morning. Give me the faith, Lord, to respond to the unexpected. And the other thing is, if you want to say, Lord, would you pour your unexpected blessings into my life this year? Would you do that for me? If that's your prayer, would you raise the other hand with it? I can't get mine both up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that when it comes to you, we should always expect the unexpected. Lord, I thank you that even standing here this morning is an unexpected experience. Lord, there are some who've come in to this church this morning and their experience of church has been quite unexpected, Lord. Would you continue to affect their minds and their hearts and their lives in Jesus' name? Lord, would you give us the faith and the discernment to see that you're at work in the unexpected encounter. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Lord, would you give us the faith? Would you give us the faith, Lord? To see your hand in the unexpected events, Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would say to us through unexpected events, Lord. Be they good, amen, or be they bad, okay. Lord, I pray that we would have the ears to hear and the discernment to see your hand in the middle of those events. And lastly, Lord, I want to pray. Before we sing and we close finally, Lord, I pray that we would encounter your unexpected blessings this coming season, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bring our, our, our needs and our desires before you, Lord, and ask you, would your blessing rain down upon our lives, Lord? Lord, would you make a pathway in the wilderness for those who need to find a way this season, Lord? Would you rain the rain of heaven upon those who are living in a parched place this season, Lord, and refresh souls and refresh minds and refresh hearts, Lord? May we leave here today, Lord, with an expectancy of faith, expecting God to do good things, amazing things, we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'd like us to sing as we close this morning, Angels We Have Heard On High. You okay with that? We're going to sing the Latin bit and all, Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Over to the guys, the guys are going to lead us, and then we'll close in prayer at the end of that. Can I ask you, let's sing with our hearts, Glory to God in the Highest. John.
close in a second. Will you raise your hands with me and we'll close in prayer to close our meeting this morning. As I do so, I want to finish with this. Last night, I had a dream. And in the dream I had last night, I was planting trees in my garden. And a number of people from the church here, people whose faces I know, came and were helping me plant the trees in my garden. People I wouldn't have expected to show up at my home to help me plant trees in my garden. And I want to say to you prophetically that the Lord would say to many of us here this morning that what you have already planted in your life, what you have sown, which you thought was dormant and would never bear fruit, will bear fruit in this coming season. God is at work and the thing that you have forgotten about or the thing that you expected would never come to fruitfulness is going to come to fruitfulness in this coming season in Jesus mighty name. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we commit our lives into your hands. We ask you, Lord, as we go out the door, we would expect good things from you in this coming season, Lord. In this coming week, Lord, may we meet the people you want us to meet. Amen. Lord, may we encounter the things you want us to encounter. Amen. And may we get the blessings that you intend to pour onto our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And for one last time, God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you and go with you. We're serving tea and coffee upstairs. And we'll see you again. Don't forget, they're here on Tuesday with the apologetics. But we're here again next Sunday morning. John, the lads are going to play us out. God bless you and go with you.